When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? For this episode, we're going to ask a basic question, not about me, but about you. Do you know who you really are? And this is because we're going to explore a concept in Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk. In our first episode, we discussed the concept of dharma, that is your calling. For this one, we're going to go even deeper and talk about the impure mirror of the mind. That is, the reflection that we think we see of ourselves isn't accurate or not. If you didn't catch our first episode, we discussed Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk. Buy this book. It is really good and deep. And throughout the book, there are a series of lessons and illustrations that I think have significant impact to change your life. And I'm going to offer sort of my own glance in terms of how you can utilize some of these things and concept from the book. So let's get started and talk about this impure mirror of the mind. What is it according to Shetty and the tradition that he studied in? And how does it apply to you, the person tuning into the Rockne cast? We're going to get a little deep in this one, but we're going to still have a lot of fun. So don't, so keep listening. So he begins with a quote from the Hindu sacred text, the Bhagavad Gita, 3.35. It says, it's better to live your destiny imperfectly than to live an imitation of someone else's life with imperfection. Well, what the heck does this mean? This is something that he illustrates then to the side. Well, what, what does that quote actually mean? And then he begins with a quote from Charles Cooley, and you'll probably have to like listen to this a couple times before you truly understand what it is. Cooley was a sociologist in the early 20th century, and he talked about this concept of the impure mirror of the mind, the impure reflection that we think we see of ourselves. He said, quote, I am not what I think I am, and I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. And here I think what he's getting at is how much of what we do, what we own, what we pursue, how we act legitimately reflects our true inner self, what drives us. Ashedi doesn't talk about the concept of dharma uh, at the beginning of the book. It's later on. <clears throat> but the reason why I covered it for my first episode of Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk, is that I think it is important to talk about what really lights your soul, what really animates your soul, what really moves you and inspires you even when no one else is looking. And more deeply and more fundamentally, do you know what actually animates your soul? Have you ever really thought about that? And then he begins with a illustration of this impure mirror of the mind through a parable by a uh, monk 
trying to teach a younger monk about trying to find the true self through the concept of the dusty mirror. The senior monk is trying to explain it. So they're in this ashram, which is the sort of like a monastery for Hindu monks. And the rest of the monastery is very tidy and perfect and clean and pure. He actually brings him into a room, which is dusty and full of cobwebs. And he brings him in front of a dusty mirror. And it says, quote, we are in a storeroom lined with unused books and boxes full of artifacts. Unlike the ashram, which is always tidy and well-kept, this place is dusty and full of cobwebs. The senior monk leads me to the mirror and says, what can you see? And the young student replies, through the thick layer of dust, I cannot see my reflection. I say as much, and the monk then nods and acknowledges that he can't see. The monk then takes his arm and wipes his arm across the mirror, creating a cloud of dust that puffs into the young student's face, stinging his eyes and filling his throat. And he says, the senior monk says, your identity is a mirror covered in dust. When you first look in the mirror, the truth may not be pleasant, but only when that dust is gone can you see your true reflection. And there the concept is seto darpana marhanam, or the impure mirror of the mind. And I have no idea that I'm pronouncing that correctly, but don't worry about it. Focus on the concept. Focus on what matters. And then as Shetty does so effectively in so many other aspects of his work, he actually helps you and assists you to find, well, what is the true you? You would think that you would know this right? You're you. Don't you know what the heck animates you? That's not necessarily such an easy question to answer. And why? Because there is so much dust that clutters our ability to see ourselves. And as the sociologist Charles Cooley says, that so often what we do in terms of the relationships we have, the professional decisions we make, don't necessarily reflect what we want, they reflect what other people want for us, and more importantly, what we think other people want for us, rather than listening to our true soul. And what are these things that can obscure our ability to see ourselves very clearly in the mirror? Well, it's clutter. Yeah, that's it. It's clutter. It's clutter in our time. It's clutter in our finances. It's clutter in our relationships in terms of not really focusing on what truly matters. And we're just so stressed. We're so rushed. We don't have time to see ourselves. And so he, he suggests, so I'm going to use a little Marcus Aurelius here and, and cover some of the topics that Shetty says in order to be able to see yourself very clearly, how, how you actually get there. Well, the first thing he talks about is to do audits audits of your time, audits of your finances, and audits of your relationships. And I'm going to cover one aspect of those, the time audit. I think, you know, as a uh, Stoic, I'm a lot of different things. I'm a, definitely a Stoic. The one thing the Stoics were very good at, and this is this ancient Roman tradition, is really thinking about how profligate we are with our time. 
And if you think about what really matters to you the most, of course, your relationships are critical, your spirituality is critical. But in terms of your day-to-day well-being, what really does create your Zen state, your happy place, the ability to have time? Think about what is a vacation. A vacation is a time when you can do what you want to do. Now, am I saying remove yourself from the world and don't be active and only see your own selfish pursuits? No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, though, is I think if you would audit your time, you would find that there are a lot of things that clutter your time that are not essential, that don't advance who you are. They don't help you support the people in your life. They don't help you support your loved ones. They're not essential. So when you look at your time clearly, and you can also apply this way to your relationships as well as your money, think about what is the lens through which you will audit your time. Because it's one thing to say it, but what are the criteria you should use? Well, here I commend you to the words of the total Zen philosopher, Marie Kondo, and also Marcus Aurelius. Let's talk Marcus, then we'll go Marie, the ultimate decluttering expert. Marcus Aurelius in his book, Meditations, says, if you seek tranquility, do less, or more accurately, do what's essential. What's the logos of a social, logos of a social being requires and in the requisite way, which brings double satisfaction to do less, better. Because most of what we say and do is not essential. If you can eliminate it, notice he says, if you can eliminate it, you'll have more time and more tranquility. Ask yourself at every moment, is this necessary? But we need to eliminate unnecessary assumptions as well. To eliminate the unnecessary actions that follow. So in more modern context, who do we look for for inspiration? Well, Marie Kondo, you know her, the decluttering expert on Netflix. She basically says, if it doesn't give you joy, if it doesn't serve a purpose, toss it, get rid of it. Now, what am I saying? Am I giving you a command to be uh, selfish and to not work and to not be productive and only pursue your own selfish ends? No, that's not at all what I'm saying. Notice what Marcus Aurelius is saying here. He is saying, if it is not essential, don't do it. Eliminate it. Is social media essential? When you're on Facebook, is watching Netflix while you're in a cloud of alcohol-induced haze, sometimes that is essential. Occasionally. Is that on a daily basis? I don't think it is. But this is a question for not me to offer you, but for you to ask yourself, what are the things that you do that actually advance your life's purpose? More importantly, what is your life's purpose? And how do you discover it? 
Well, I think one very simple place, you're like, oh man, I, I have no idea. Like I'm, a, I'm in a haze. What can I do? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is you need to get your ass to bed earlier, if you can. Remember, if you are a parent and you know, you're 33 years old and you got three kids, hey, it's essential to put them to bed and to be responsible and do those things. If you have a job where you're at the ER, duh, of course it's essential that you fulfill those duties. If you have obligations as a father, as a spouse, of course it's essential to make sure that you live up to the commitments that you made. I am not giving you a command to be some sort of bohemian hippie following your own muse to do whatever the hell you want. What I'm asking for is looking at the 35,000 social media feed about the whole vax issue. Is that really essential? Are you advancing your life's purpose when you do that? And where do you find this time? Because you're like, oh man, I don't have any time. I am too busy. I'm too stressed out. Whoa, I, don't, I have no idea. You know, I think of, for example, the DOT picture, I'll post it sometime and you guys will laugh of me when I was 40 years old. Um, that was the time when I was running for city council. I was super stressed out at work. I was a dad. I didn't know how to distinguish between what was essential and what was non-essential because I was in a haze. I was going from one meeting to another. I didn't know really what I was doing. I wasn't advancing my life purpose. And that lack of focus, that lack of knowing who I was led to me being 300 pounds, ruddy-faced, and an alcoholic. Basically, that's what I was. I didn't know who I was. But if you find the morning and you can tap into the power of the morning, you guarantee it will transform your life. So to get there though, two different things. One, please stop drinking alcohol on a regular basis. Have you ever heard any performance people say, whoa, man, my life sucked, but then I started pounding shots of whiskey every night and my life was just transformed. No, it never happened. But the, more, the most important thing as it applies to alcohol is this. It impairs your sleep. And your sleep is what helps you process what happened in the day. And it gives you energy and focus for the next day. In order to be able to remove that clutter from your day, to see yourself as you truly are, you do need time free of distraction. And most people, if, if they are able to find and tap into the mornings, there it is, people. There are no excuses. Unless you're so dysfunctional that even from five to seven in the morning, that's cluttered. And if that's cluttered, I mean, whoa, think about it. If every aspect of your day is so essential that you have to be up from five in the morning until 11 at night, then I don't know what to think of you because I've, that, that is, you know, you're making an excuse is my thing. So get up early in the morning. And to do that, you got to go to bed early. You don't need to be have a medical license to tell you that. Go to bed. Stop drinking alcohol now, at least on a daily basis. I still drink a little bit, but, you know, 
gotta have a little bit. You know, I, I hear all these people on social media, they always brag they haven't had a drop of alcohol in, in like years. And if you're an alcoholic, yeah, that's an issue. But if you can get to the point where you can maybe drink like once every two weeks a little bit, hey, a little bit's good for you. You know, it's like fasting. It's not, it's not that you don't eat. You just have on stages and off stages. They use that with alcohol, but that will be the topic of another podcast. But in the morning, you will be able to then audit your time and think about what is your intention for the day, right? Who are you? What are you trying to achieve? And in the evening, and you can do this through journaling, get up and journal because this helps. You have so much clutter in your mind. There's so much going on there. You're like, oh my God, where am I? Well, if you write down things, the focus that that gives you and think about what do you want to do today that's essential? Well, for most of you, that's going to revolve around your job. That is essential. You got to make money. You got to live, people. I'm not saying go out being a hippie at some farm, right? I'm not saying that. Do what's essential. Your relationships. What do you got to do to serve your family, brothers, your spouse, all of that? Your spirituality. Are you engaging in um, a daily practice of spirituality? And four, are you engaging in practices that renew and strengthen your body? And are you integrating all of those? When you do those, you can find what your true reflection is. And then in the evening, you can engage in a meditation where you think, have I advanced what I set out to do today? If yes, how do I reaffirm that? If no, what went wrong? And you do that through the journaling practice. Now, this is not new to me. This is only part of like, you know, a 3000 year old tradition of writing, but this will help. And I think for me, it's one of my goals with the Rockney Cast is to share what I've learned. Most of these ideas are just through my lens. And hopefully you can use these. I think if you become a morning person, you are going to completely transform your life. And more importantly, if this hasn't been educational to you, then buy the book of Jay Shetty, Think Like a Monk. This book is so good. You know, so many of these modern books, that, yeah, you know, you, you don't really know whether you can trust them. Are they just some sort of marketing campaign? Are they just some sort of, you know, BS from some commercial publisher? Shetty's book is not. It's good. I mean, just buy it and apply it and you are going to radically transform your life from clutter to living your true intention and seeing yourself very clearly from friends to see yourself clearly first is the most, most important step to doing what you want to do in your life. All 10 of you who regularly tune into the Rock Dance, especially if you've made it so far, this far on the podcast, ultimate gratitude to you. Do please keep spreading the message of this cast. I'm going to be doing it a lot more frequently. Um, and we're going to be giving you a lot of substance and tools that you can use to improve your own life, your own relationships, and to make yourself more productive, more, more purposeful, more intentional. Infinite gratitude to every single one of you who tune in, all 10 of you, to the Rockney cast. Keep spreading the word. We're trying to grow this audience. Give me a positive review on Spotify, iTunes, wherever podcasts are heard. And keep tuning into the Rocky Cast because you're going to be seeing a lot more of these episodes. So keep tuning in. Infinite gratitude to all of you. Until next time on the Rocky Cast.